Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Come on, give it up. How many are hungry for the word? Go ahead, Pastor Jose. Give him a praise like you mean it. Give him a praise like you did five minutes ago, but add a little bit more. Give him a worship that you've never given him before. Can you give him a little bit more? T-O-C. T-O-C, the outside church where the heavens open in your favor because of your praise. Now, stay standing just for a moment, just for a moment. Pastor mentioned the, the fellowship with the men. Where are the men at today? Where are the men at today? The men, the lion heart men, the men, the men of valor, the men with a roar in their spirit for God. Now I, I gotta say something to to that effect to the to the to the fellowship that we had. It was so amazing to have each and every one of you that went, even the the ones that don't even come to the church but are still connected with the vision of God. Because it's not about the address of the church that you go to. It's not about 4050 Southwest Savona Boulevard here in Port St. Lucie. It's not about the physical building. It's about the church, about a people who can worship God in spirit and in truth, that when they come together, the spirit descends upon them. And that's why it's so important, this message that I have today, the, the message that God placed in my heart. It's so important because it's not just a message for this particular church. It's not a message just for this particular time. It's a message that's going to affect every single person, man, woman, and child. It's going to affect the, the Pentecostal. It's going to affect the Presbyterian. It's going to affect the Lutheran. If you're an atheist and you're watching right now, it's going to affect you too. This message is so important. So I want to go ahead and open up with the word. That's why I have you standing still. If you could open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is going to be our anchor verses. It's going to be verses 1 through 7. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 through 7. And I'll go ahead and read and it says, Now brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. Verse 2, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Let me repeat that again. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Verse 3, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. I'm going to say that again. And they will not escape. Verse 4, it says, But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Verse 5, You all are children of the light, children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Verse 6, So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. And lastly, verse 7, for those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Amen to the word. You may be seated. Amen to the word. Now, I got to say this is so important because it gives us a picture. It gives us a vision of what's going to come. The things that are to come. The things that we watch and we see on the news. The signs that are happening in our present day. When Paul wrote the letter here, 1 Thessalonians, it was addressed to a church 
in Thessalonica, which is now modern-day Greece. This was a young church that he was keeping in touch with. So like I said, even though he wasn't there, he was keeping in touch with. Just because we're here, we're still keeping in touch with our brothers and sisters. Those who are listening by podcast, those who are in Mexico being touched, those who are across Port St. Lucie watching on, po- uh, on Facebook, we're keeping in touch because the message is still there. So we, and he was writing to them to encourage them, even though they were facing difficult times, even through a persecution. Here it is, a young church written in the Thessalonians that were facing persecution. And many of those in that church would have been or could have been alive during the time of Jesus. They could have been first-hand witnesses to the things that Jesus had done. They could have known somebody who have witnessed, who have seen the things Jesus would. This church was only a couple decades old. Not very old at all. We're approaching how many years, Pastor? Eight, nine years. So it could have been very well that these people knew of the, of the wonders and seen the miracles that Jesus did. And, and they were still preparing for the imminent return of the Christ. They were still preparing, even decades later, for Jesus to return. This was a church that was on alert for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus. And it just seemed like, already? But Jesus, he just left. We're already talking about him coming back? This, again, was a young church. They were on alert. In the Bible, as we know it at that time, there was no New Testament. There was no Old Testament. and hadn't been completed yet for us to be able to read here now today. So they were going on the scripture, on the scrolls, on the word of mouth, the teaching that Jesus provided. And through the disciples, that the teachings that God gave to the disciples to pass on to the new churches, to the early churches that were being founded. The the teachings that we are now talking about today. They spoke of the return of the Messiah. They spoke of the return of Jesus, the mighty name of Jesus. Now here we are over 2,000 years later and we're still in preparation mode. We're still preaching about the return of the Christ and many believers, many churches have somehow focused, shifted away from the original message that the, that the early church was already talking about. We're so focused on what's going on on the here in the now, we're so focused on working on making things better, living a full life here while we're here on earth, putting away into your retirement accounts, which I'm not slamming that, Re- plan for your retirement. But you know what, just like the bumper sticker says, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So we still have to talk about this subject, about the return of the Christ, the the Christ who died on the cross for our sins, the Christ who allowed us to be in this place so that we could worship, the Christ who allowed us to be able to come together as a church body so that we can sing his praises and lift up the word, lift up the Lord. But it seems like at times that the message, this particular message, had been placed on the back burner. We know about it, we've read about it, but we're putting it back here. 
So we look at the clock and we think we have more time left. Tick-tock, tick-tock. If you want to put that on tick-tock, that's okay. But it's actually the opposite. Time is running out. We need to have a greater sense of urgency. Now, when I wrote, when I was looking over my notes, I actually circled that urgency because we have to act that way. What we're doing here is because there's a greater sense of urgency. There's a greater need to be able to spread the word. There's a greater need to be able to spread the gospel because we know there's a need outside those doors. We're receiving right here. We were actually just receiving in the, in the worship. We were just receiving in the praise, but we need to be able to take what we're gathering here and send that out into the world because there's a greater urgency because minute by minute, hour by hour, there are a, lost souls there are there are people who are dying without hearing the last word the word of salvation they don't know what they're facing we need to have a greater sense of awareness and not let ourselves get complacent when we get complacent it it puts our lives in danger not just our lives but the people around us the families it was mentioned earlier that maybe here some of the youth are the only people in their families that are saved. Maybe they're the only connection between them to God. They're the ones who are going to be bringing the word into their household so that their mothers, brothers, sisters, fathers can all be saved. So we not, cannot get complacent with the word. At work, we have a, 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 a phrase that says, complacency kills. That's when you let your guard down and you become too relaxed. And you think to yourself, it's never going to happen to me. It's not going to happen in this house. Nothing bad is going to happen. And then, boom. That which you did not anticipate happens. That what you did not expect occurs. So much for expecting the unexpected. Then in a dazed, confused, uh, uh, unbelieving sense of mind, you ask, did something just happen? And you just rub your eyes and you're like, I don't know what was going on. Wait, stop. Stop the music. Did something just happen? And that's the question we're trying to avoid later on. Because there are going to be people that if they don't hear this word, they're going to have such a surprise. They're going to be so lost that they're going to be like, wait, wait, wait. What did I miss? Did something just happen? Where is everybody going? Why am I here by myself? Did something just happen? I can't believe this is even happening to me. Why? I was such a good person. I donated to the Salvation Army on Christmas and they try to figure out what's going on and this is why we still need to talk about this because of that day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven but only the father I'm gonna ask you a question who said that do we know who said that Jesus Matthew 24 36 Jesus was the one who told us because of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but only the Father. He tells us that because he doesn't want us to be caught 
off guard. He's telling you this is going to happen. Nobody knows the time, but you need to be prepared. You need to not fall into that complacency. You need to have the sense of urgency. You need to be looking at that time, even though you don't know if here in a minute it's going to happen. But you know what? You need to be prepared now. The early church taught that decades after Jesus. How much less time do we have now? So in touching on some of this, it says, God, uh, when I read these verses, verses 1 and 2, it, it showed me what, how God operates. God is a God of surprises. And, and you know what? Sometimes what he does, just, it just blows our mind. It, it reminds us of, of, of his greatness and his mercies. But he doesn't surprise us because he's erratic or unpredictable. Not because he's making things up along as he goes, but because he has a plan and he knows what he's doing and he already knows what he's going to do. There is a plan and a purpose. He gave us his word. He's giving us a heads up. He told us to keep an eye out, to look out. This is what's going to happen. God is a God of surprises, but we're the ones who, who are being surprised. And when we think and when we see and we finally come around to realizing it, when God has always been there and he, we always be surprised by it, it just, it just leaves us in speechless, in awe. Like when we came to church today, and, and Pastor Marsha mentioned it, we came in with an expectation. We knew God was going to do something. We didn't know what was God, God's going to do. We expected he was going to deliver. We expected that he's going to save. We expected that he was going to break some change. We knew that God was going to do something. And you know what? The reason why we're surprised here in TOC, in this church, not because we didn't know that he was going to do something, because what he's doing now is greater than what he was doing before. What he's doing now is greater than what he was doing two weeks ago. The move that he had today was greater. And we knew we had an expectation. We knew we had an anticipation of what God was going to do. But it was much more than we had experienced before. And I came here with that expectation, knowing that God was going to do something. But I knew I was going to be surprised. As I was standing in the back corner listening to the worship and the, wor and the, the words of that, those songs in the Spanish service bringing me to tears. Like you said, it was, it was something that brings you back to the original encounter with God. And I stood back there and listened and I praised. Still surprised. God, you are good. And I said, hey, God, I knew you were going to be here. God, I knew you were going to move in the midst of your people. And I, I, I knew that was, gonna be, that was going to happen. And he just blows our minds away day after day, Sunday after Sunday as we, as we gather here. And I know who you that are listening on FaceTime or, or Facebook, you that are, are listening on, on podcasts, I know God is moving right where you're at. And what you thought you were going to receive today was something a, a little differently than what you are actually receiving. You are receiving right where you're at the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that's in this place. He is not, he is not restricted to these walls. He's not restricted to this church. He is there with you right now, delivering, 
He is there with you right now, working in your heart. He is there with you now, working in your spirit. He's going to change that situation that you find yourself in because he doesn't want you to be one of those who are going to be asking, did something happen? But here he is in his word, in his word, telling us that we need to be prepared because of the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And it will still, he's, after telling us for so many years, for giving us so much preparation, it will still catch people by surprise. It's going to be an unexpected day at an unexpected time. And as believers, we may not know it, but it should not be a surprise. It should not, capitals, not be a surprise. We should be ready from here on out. When you walk out that door today, you should be ready for the Lord to call your name. Whether, you, whether it's your time at the end of this earth or he returns in heaven with his angels, when those trumpets sound, we should be ready at the very moment when that happens. We need to live in this moment now with preparation because the king is near. The groom is coming from his, for his church. We should not be caught by surprise like the, like the virgins with the lamps of oil. We should keep our lamps lit, our, our lamps full with the oil because when that groom comes and that door shuts, we are going to be called to account. Now, in being prepared, have you ever known that person who falls asleep at the party? Now, I say this because that when, I don't know any of the parties you've been at, but at the party, some of the parties I've gone to, uh, we tell you right off the bat, if you're the first person that's going to sleep, you're going to wake up with a mustache, an extra mustache or a beard that you didn't come in with. Now, I, I will tell, I, I I'm going to prepare our ushers. If you fall asleep in church today, our ushers are going to be coming around and drawing mustaches on your face. It, ladies, if you're wearing those eyelashes, we're going to pull them off, put them right here. And then when you wake up and everybody points and laughs, and you're going to say, did something happen? Did I miss something? But we all know that there are those people who even though you tell them, don't fall asleep, they will still fall asleep. And just a disclaimer, I never did that to anybody. I don't think anybody's here that I knew back then. But there are those people who will still fall asleep even though they have been warned. And these are the people that Paul are describing in verse 3. Let's go to, I'm going to read verse 3. It says, As while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. These are the people that Paul is trying to tell us about, the Paul that's trying to warn. They've stumbled around in life haphazardly, you know, fluttering in the wind, going wherever the, the wind takes them, whichever the wind blows. The saved and the unsaved, the believers and the unbelievers. They're making their way through life without even realizing what's going on around them. The people, it could be people walking into the church and they're just not paying attention. When they leave, they, they still live the life that, that is, is not pleasing to God. They still live the life who, that, that is 
It's a sinful life. One foot in and one foot out. They hear the message, but they still are going to be surprised. They've read the warnings. It's in the Bible, our instruction manual. But they are still not ready. They will still be surprised when the time comes. And it's going to be painful. Now, this, this is what the Word tells us. That there are these people in the after the day of the Lord who will think the world is experiencing a time of peace and security. They think everything is going to be okay. Peace and security. Yes, peace and security. This is what we have. And all of a sudden, the water is going to break. And they're going to go into those pains. And sudden destruction will come upon them. And those pain will grip them like a, the, and I, I don't know what it feels like, but the pain of a pregnant woman as she's giving birth. And they're not going to know how, why, why it's happening or how it's happening. But if you go back to the word, it's going to tell you that it's going to come. And they were, these are the people that will be having this false sense of security, a false sense of peace that will not last long. And these are the times that they will find themselves in. And they will ask to themselves, did something happen? And it's going to be too late because they're going to find themselves in the times of the tribulation. They weren't paying attention to the signs. Once the realization sets in that they've missed the boat, then they'll be asking, wait, what did we miss? And they're going to have that confused look on their face. It's going to be too late. And the trumpets would have already have sounded and they would have been left behind. This is the message that the Bible is telling us. This is the message that the early church was still talking about just a few years after Jesus went up to be in heaven. After he conquered the, the cross. After he conquered the grave. This was the church. The, the, the message that the church was already talking about. One year after Jesus had already ascended. Two years after Jesus already ascended. Three years after Jesus already ascended. Here we are still talking about it because time is running out. Time is running out. And we need to be prepared. It says in Matthew 24... Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken. It says, verse uh, 24, Matthew verse 24 to uh, verse 41. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, and one will be taken, and the other one would be left. This is nothing new. Mankind in the flesh just doesn't listen. We've been hard-headed. This isn't the first time this actually happened, where mankind was caught off guard. The word tells us in, in 2 Peter 2.5 that God preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. You see, at the time of Noah, God already had, had told him, this is what I need you to do. And this is how much time you have. God had already set a part of time in which he was going to destroy the world with the flood. And he gave Noah enough time to build an ark. Over 70 years to build an ark. And at this time, he was telling people, you need to be ready. I'm building this because the flood is coming. And as people ate and they drank and they did whatever they want, they saw Noah building an ark. And they laughed at him and they mocked him because they didn't believe what was coming. The destruction that was going to be coming on the earth. 
And it says in Matthew 24 again, verses 38, For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, doing whatever they wanted, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. It wasn't because they didn't know what was happening. It's because they chose to ignore the signs. They chose to ignore what was going on around them. They chose to ignore the warnings of an ark being built right in their home. The entire world knew. Word spread. It's like they had social media. But you know what? They still ignored the warnings. Just as in the time of Noah, when the floods came, people watched for many years. Like I said, decades. It took Noah over 70 years to build an ark. As Noah built that ark, the world ob obviously chose. Now my question is, what do we choose here today? What are we choosing for our future? To, these people chose to ignore Noah's warnings because the Bible teaches us that the world was taken by surprise when the flood came. They were caught off guard. Do not let your guard down. Church, do not let your guard down. This is, a, this is not me admonishing you. This is not me rebuking you. This is me trying to motivate you. This is me trying to lift you up. You cannot let your guard down. We need to get pumped up because we know we're going to go out and do a, a, a work, a godly work. We know that there's something going to happen, and we need to get ourselves motivated. We need to give ourselves lifted up. We need to push each other into the right direction so that we can be prepared. Here we are in 2021, the outside church, with a message to the world. The Son of Man, I'm going to say it again, the Son of Man will return. There is a King of Kings. There is a King of Kings that will return for His church. There was a king of kings who's going to be coming back for his bride, and we need to be ready. We can't afford to ignore the signs. We can't afford to ignore the teachings. We can't uh, ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. We know what is to come. And if you're sitting here today, and you've been saved by the grace of God, a believer in the sacrifice of the cross, knowing that Jesus paid it for our sins, you know that Jesus paid the price for us to be saved, you know that he paved the way through the grave all the way to the cross and from the cross all the way to the sky that we know that he rose again. We know that we, his word still remains the same. We know that we do and have salvation because his, he said in my father's house, there are many rooms. I don't know about you, but I have my reservation in that house. I don't know about you, but I know where I'm going to be headed. I don't know where about you but I'm going to be prepared because I got my place in my father's house. He's going to be returning triumphantly for his bride, his church. We need to keep our lamps filled with oil and the flames lit. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 17. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 17. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God. 
See, you have to be prepared because it's going to sound, and you're going to hear that sound. That's going to be their heavenly call saying, come home. I'm coming for you. As I descend from heaven, those trumpets are going to be sound, and it's like ringing the doorbell at your front door, and we need to be able to open it so we can step through and meet our King of kings and our Lord of lords, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Revelation 1-7, it says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Just in the time of Noah, when they saw the ark, and they saw the animals going in two by two, and then they saw Noah go in with his family, and then he shut the door. Everybody watched as this happened. They watched as the first rainfall came down, and they said, well, this is different. Wait a minute. It's, it's raining? and It's two days raining? It's three days? Whoa! Every eye will see it, just like in the time of Noah. In, in these last days, the days when Jesus returns for his church, every eye will see it. And all this talk about Christ coming back, I'm going I'm to dig a little further. Rapture, tribulation, the beast. All these things used to scare me as a kid. I wouldn't watch horror movies because it scared me. The mark of the beast, the dragon, I didn't want to hear about it. Every church that I grew up in, they wanted to scare you to the cross. Plagues, the scrolls, wars, death, horsemen. I wanted to hide. I don't want to go to church on Sunday. Look, I know what they're going to talk about. But you see, even believers, yes, Christians would be afraid to even hear about this, to, be, to even speak about it. But I don't know about you, but I realized a long time ago that we have no reason to fear if you're saved in spirit and in truth. We have no reason to fear. This is something we need to talk about because if you're truly repentant, if you're truly walking in the presence of God, we have no reason to fear. For those who know how to worship in spirit and truth, those are ones who are saved. And this that we talk about the tribulation. I'm not worried about it because I'm not going to be here. It, for me, it's going to be a time of victory. Mark of the beast, Antichrist, go ahead. You can have them all to yourself. I'm not going to be here because God has rescued us through Jesus Christ. So I want to jump back to our original text 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to be reading in, in verse 4. I'm going to break it down for you. Verse 4, it says, and, and the question I'm going to ask you, the question is, who are we? And in the meantime, what do we do as a church? Because we didn't just come on Sunday to receive. If you did, you're mistaken. If you logged in on Facebook or you're listening on podcasts, if you thought you were just going to receive, you're mistaken because there's a mandate. There's a purpose for you to be receiving this word right now. And it tells us in verse 4, it says, but you brothers and sisters are not in the darkness. You see, everybody that's sitting here, every believer that's listening, we are not in the darkness. When you walk around in the darkness, you don't know where you're going. 
I'm going to take my hands off my eyes because then I'll bump into something. This day should not surprise you. You know why? Because we're not in the darkness. We are the children of the light. We are the children of the day. This is what that, those verses are telling us. And let us be awake and sober. So who are we? We are children of the light, children of the day. And what are we to be awake and sober? We're not meant to be stumbling around, living this, right, this life haphazardly, fluttering with the wind. We are to be awake and sober and the light. Repeat with me. We are to be awake. We are to be sober. And we are to be the light. How do we know that we are the children of the light? Great question. Thank you for asking. John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, when Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Everybody who's here who says they're a follower of Jesus are, are a follower of the light, the one who gives the light, the one who provides the light, the one who, who illuminates our path. And then he tells us in Matthew 5, verses 14 and 16, you are the light of the world. So he told us, I am the light, but through me, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Justin, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world, Brian. Josh, you are the light of the world. We are all the light of the world. When we step out those doors into a world of darkness, we are to light it up. It says, let your, line, your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The light that Jesus gives to you, the one he puts into your spirit, when you walk into the room and it lights up, you may not be the life of the party, but when people turn around and they look at you, they're going to know that there's something different in you. They're going to know that you're not the same person that you were before. They're going to know that there's something up with this fella, this, this, this man or woman. This, this. They're going to know. Because you are the light of the world. Because you carry that light. And because you carry that light, you carry that power to be able to rebuke demons, to be able to cast demons out. You carry that power to be able to, to stand on authority and declare what God has already promised to you. You have the, the power to stand on a foundation that's no, like no other. You have the power because of that light through Jesus to be able to sing hallelujah and cast out whatever demons in that household, to be able to, to save your friends and your family, to be able to spread that gospel because you are that light of the world. How awesome is that? That through Jesus, I am going to repeat this, through Jesus and because of Jesus, we can be a light in this dark world. If Noah built an ark, then we can build a church. If Noah built an ark, we can build a church. But unlike the ark where there was only so much room for two by two, unlike the ark where there was only enough 
uh, uh, space to put supplies. We have unlimited space. Again, we have unlimited space. You want to go to heaven, I know a way. You want to go to heaven, I know a way. You want to go to heaven, I know a way. And it's through Jesus. Everybody gets salvation in this house. If Noah built the ark, we can build a church. By spreading the gospel and being ready, awake and sober, being the light of this world, a world that doesn't offer hope, a world that doesn't offer an everlasting future. But through the gospel, there is good news. And this is what we are charged to do here today. This is my challenge to you, to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ so that the people will not be caught at the time of the return of the king. They will not be caught by surprise. We may not know the day or the time, but we will be ready, church. Ready to rejoice, ready for a reunion with the Father, ready to sing hallelujah to the Most High, ready to glorify His name. I don't know about you, I want to be in that choir. I don't know about you, I may not sing real good right now, but when those trumpets sound, I'm going to be singing hallelujah. I'm going to be singing glory, glory, glory. I'm going to be singing praises to His name. And together, we can make a heavenly sound unto the Father. And I'm going to close with this. And again, this has been the message since the early church. A message that not, has not changed. And we can come and we can go. It can go beyond our lifetime. It can go into our children's lives and our children's children's lives, but the message will not change. One day, Jesus will return, and that's why we need to be ready now. Don't find yourself in a position asking when it's too late. Don't find yourself in a position asking, did something happen? Why was I left behind? My question to you right now is are you prepared? Are you watching? Are you vigilant? Don't let this moment pass you by without giving your heart to the one who can change your circumstance. Don't let this moment pass you by because you never know when that time will come. If you've been a believer before, maybe you've been astray, now is the moment to come back to the fold. Now is the moment to find your way back to God. Don't let this time go. Don't let this moment go. You're listening right now. Now is the time for you to have a personal relationship with God for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus, to be able to carry the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go. Now is the time. Don't get caught off guard because you will suffer and you will say, why did this happen to me? Did something happen? Where did it go wrong? This is your time to reconnect and have the relationship your spirit so desires. So if you're listening to me right now, if you're in this place, 
you're listening on, on Facebook or on a podcast, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to repeat this prayer with me because I know it's a prayer that's going to change your life. Heavenly Father, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you now as a sinner and I repent of my sins. Father God, I know I'm not perfect, but I know you are. And I ask you right now to be Lord of my life, to be the lamp unto my feet, to guide my life from this point forward. Thank you, Jesus, for your, your, your sacrifice on the cross. I accept you now to be my Lord and Savior. Be with me for the rest of my life. Holy Spirit, be my guide forever and ever. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you're in this house and you made this prayer for the first time, connect with us. Find a church that preaches the word of God. Like I said, it's not just this church. It's, it's any church that preaches the unadulterated word of God, the one that's not afraid to talk about what's coming. If you're listening on, on, on Facebook or on podcasts and you're not in Port St. Lucie, find a church that's going to preach the word. Find a spirit-filled church. If you're in this place or if you're listening on, on Facebook again and, and you're in Port St. Lucie or on the Treasure Coast, we would love to get to know you. We would love for you to be a part of this family. We would love to see you grow. We would love to be there every step of the way. We would love to push you and prepare you so that you don't get caught off guard. We love you. We honor you. And we're going to turn it over to our sister Elia with our closing remarks.